Good morning, good afternoon, good evening time. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So in today's episode, we're going to be diving into the relationships between money, the infinite banking concept, and the life-changing mindsets that we got to alter for ourselves. And so hopefully if we start at ourselves in our own personal level, then we'll start to elaborate to the family and other people in our life as well. So thanks for joining me today. As always, we're always traveling around teaching, uh, speaking at live events, doing the virtual webinars, the Ask Me Anything webinars every Wednesday. So come out and come join us. It'd be a pleasure to have you a part of the community. So you can go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com, and it has all the information posted on there. Let's get into it. All right, so we're going to be really diving into Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. So everybody go get your textbooks because you should have this book. This is definitely a book that you need to add to your wealth building library. But I'm going to get into some chapters here in today's episode. So, you know, when I go out and I speak on this concept, you know, I always lead with a video. And this video, you can go out to you. YouTube. It's called the Backwards Bicycle, and it's about seven and a half minute videos. It's really not that long, but I like to show it just because it gets us geared to being open and receptive to these new ideas and new ideologies. You know, because in that video, just high level, the knowledge that we have today, that knowledge does not equal understanding. And you got to be very, very considerate of how you are viewing the world situations that come up to you because you are, you are really viewing that with a bias. And so, with this whole concept of IBC, it is totally different and opposite to what the masses, the government, and others want us to do. So I like to lead with that video, and then actually immediately after that video, I have a slide posted up with a Will Rogers quote. And here's what Will Rogers says. He says, the problem in America isn't so much what people don't know, it's what they think they know that just ain't so. So you gotta be cautious to how you are receiving information. You know, when you go out to like webinars or conferences or meetup groups, you don't gotta take everything that that person is dishing out to you, whether it be the speaker or that one-on-one networking that you're doing. Just take some of the information and throw out the rest. Throw out the rest that doesn't pertain to you or that you you really don't want to keep in your back pocket, you know, but don't be shut off to just everything. And so Nelson Nash's book, before Nelson even gets into talking about the product of utilizing a whole life insurance policy to do our banking function through, you know, before he even gets to the product or talking about the process, he really hones in on five human behaviors that we must overcome. And the 
five human behaviors, Parkinson's law, the golden rule, arrival syndrome, use it or lose it, and then also Willie Sutton's law. So all of these five human behaviors we got to overcome or we're just this infinite banking concept. It's not going to be a silver bullet for you. This is you putting this into action. Again, it's not the product. It's the process, the action of what you're doing, being your own banker in your own life now. And just high level recap, you know, Parkinson's law. I think about that almost every single day, especially right now. I'm actually house hunting. I think I've been talking about that a little bit, maybe not on the podcast channel, but definitely on the webinars. And you know, I look at some of these houses and I'm just like, oh, that is so cool. It's so beautiful. But Hannah, just because you can afford it doesn't mean you need 5,000 square feet being a single female and having two kitty cats on the property. You just don't need it all, right? So so Parkinson's law once was a luxury is now a necessity. So it brings you down to that grounding level because, you know, even like right now, you know, it's funny too. Dad kind of always talks about the cars, right? And the car windows, you know, when you get in the car, you'd have to roll it down manually like this with your arm, where now you just have your little uh, button that you press and you got your automatic window. So do you ever see yourself going back to a roll down window where you're cranking it like this? Probably not. But, uh, but, but that's what we love about advanced technologies and moving forward in the future. But you got to remain humble. Remember where you've came from and just understand that yes just because you can afford it maybe doesn't mean that you need it in your life there are differences between needs wants and what you actually uh, need for yourself I don't know if that made sense, but you get me. So, right, so there's Parkinson's law, Willie Sutton's law. Hey, wherever the money is, somebody's going to come in and try to take it. There's the golden rule. The one who has the gold makes the rules. The arrival syndrome. Okay, you got to stay open-minded and keep learning in this lifetime because you do not, you do not know everything that there is to know out there on this planet in this world. And if you do, you might as well just be dead. Because what good of a life and and how fun is that going to be when you just think that you know everything that there is to know on this planet? In my opinion, that's a little, little egotistical and a little arrogant. So... And then finally, he talks about the use it or lose it, right? Use the things and use the resources because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So... I'm kind of thinking too, that even comes with like health, right? If you aren't going out there exercising every day or walking the dog or or just moving your body, you're going to probably lose some functionalities of your body. So use it or lose it, baby. So I'm not going to get really deep into Nelson Nash's laws right now, but a few things just to preface this conversation before we really get into the weeds of it. You know, because in the last few episodes, we've been really talking about rule number one, which is paying yourself first. So paying yourself first, we talk about that all the time. 
but I want to hone in on what rule number two is. Rule number two is pay yourself back and pay yourself back with interest. Treat yourself like an honest banker and treat your money how you treat the bank's money. But we're going to talk about the why that is important. And I think I do believe that Nelson Nash does a great, great job labeling out this in his book in the grocery store example. And so we're going to get into the grocery store example. But before that, I was just kind of going out and I was doing some research and I just wanted to know kind of like the struggles here. What what are the struggles that we have here in America? And where I kind of started at is I went to Google and I said, Google, what is the number one cause of death? <laughs> All right. And okay. Okay. Let me say this too. Why I started looking this up is I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, most of the times when people are going out and they're wanting to research things to better themselves, better themselves, their mentality, their family, whatever that situation that they find themselves in, you know, what really causes them to take that action to go in look at things that to implement to better themselves. You know, and and most of the time it's because we've fallen into a hardship in our life. You know, maybe it's our health is declining. Maybe our marriage sucks and has fallen apart. Maybe we lost a loved one. Um, Maybe we're filing for bankruptcy and I'm about to lose everything. So that's kind of when people are at their rock bottom. That's when they start to be open to finding new possibilities of ways of living and to conduct their business for themselves. And, And so now that's why I was out there Googling and I said, okay, well, What is really like the number one cause of death here in America? The answer, it was heart disease. Heart disease is the number one cause of death. Do you know what the number one cause of heart disease is? Well, there's a few of them, but poor health. You know, if you're not exercising, not eating right. Um, High blood pressure, smoking, stress. Stress is on there. Stress causes heart disease. Do you know what the number one cause of stress is? Financial problems. So it's just very funny to me that people will put all this emphasis on areas of their life, but they kind of neglect one of the big moving circles in our life. You guys have heard me talking about the five circles before. I don't really think I really got deep into it. But here, let's talk about this real quick. Take out a piece of paper because I really want you to write this down. I want you to get this. If you take out a piece of paper and you draw five circles on it, almost kind of like a Venn diagram in a way, but draw those five circles. And in the first circle, I want you to write spiritual So that's your spiritual circle. That's your faith. In the second circle, we're going to write family. That's your family life. The immediate family, the cousins, the uncles, the brothers, your children, your spouse. 
Then you got your business life. What you do, your business life, what Nelson Nash likes to call is the first business that you're in, the business that gets you up out of bed every day, you're passionate about, hopefully, and supports a livelihood. Then you got your financial circle. That's circle number four, the financial life. Then circle number five is your personal life. And how I think about personal life is like your your mental health, your physical well-being, the exercising that you do, the eating right, okay? So the whole objective, in my opinion, is, is that we're trying to keep these five circles in balance. And at one point, if one of those five circles gets a little too heavy or lopsided, you start to neglect the other circles that are there. So for instance, if you're working 12-hour days, seven days a week, Probably your personal and family circle is going to start shrinking. How about if you're not focusing on your spiritual or or faith? Well, probably there's going to be areas like your um, family life could start shrinking, your business life, because maybe you don't have those codes of ethics and morals that you're following. I don't know. But we got to start keeping those five circles in balance. So here's what I want you to do. I really want you to sit down with yourself and be honest with yourself. Go through those five circles and really assess and think to yourself, hey, are these in a line and are these in balance? I know it's not going to be 100% in balance all the time. Life happens. We have the windfalls. We got the downfalls. And, and, and I, I love that we have that too because we can enjoy the highs without the lows. But why? Why we have those lows as well is it really pushes us to grow and evolve, okay? My mom always says, God gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers, okay? And so why I think they do that is is that these battles are allowing us to, to evolve, to mature, to get us to that destination where we should be going to. So sit down this evening and write those down. Keep those five circles in balance. Now, how this kind of incorporates with the infinite banking concept, I already said, Nelson Nash talks about the five human behaviors that we have to overcome before we even get into the intricates of using the policy for banking needs, the whys, the hows. So we got to start being disciplined in these areas, not just our financial life, in all areas of life, okay? But here specifically, we're going to be talking about your financial circle. And in your financial circle, you do got to be disciplined and honest with yourself, all right? So how Nelson Nash describes this, open up your textbooks and go to page 15. Page 15 is the grocery store example, And how Nelson labels it out is he says, okay, I want y'all to envision that you are a walking into a business where you are a consumer and also a seller in. And the grocery store business is like the perfect thing just because, hey, everybody's got to eat, 
Okay, so whether it's your grocery store, somebody else down the road, you got to go to a grocery store to get that uh, food for yourself, for your family to keep feeding yourselves. And when we want to go out and we want to start a grocery store business, you know, we go out there, we look at storefronts, we look at the properties and we see where we want to establish this operation at. Once we've gotten to the point where we found the perfect location to start the grocery business, there is a difference between going through the front door and going through the back door. So let's make believe that you have a spouse, you're married, you got children. Well, when your spouse walks into the grocery store and they are accumulating their groceries for the family... Do you think that that spouse is going to go through the front door past the cash registers or do you think they're going to go through the back door? Most of the time, they're going to go through the back door, right? Because, hey, it's my business. I can do whatever I want in my business. But you know what that definition is? Theft. You are stealing from your business. Let's read this from Nelson Nash's book real quick. Once you get this all set up and in operation, the difference between the back door and the front door is a very good living if you can turn the inventory enough times. So he continues on to say that the grocery store business does operate on a very small margin, margarine, margin, margin, right? I don't know. It's okay. I was saying, you know what I was saying the other day? I was saying the word hairs instead of airs. (laughs) Dude, it has an H on the end. Why are we saying airs? Is the H silent? Okay, apparently the H is silent. So, So he continues on to say that grocery stores operate on a very small margin on some items. So like a can of peas, if you can turn this over so many times, let's say it's 15 times, you can break even. But let's say you turn it over 17 times. Now you're profitable. If you turn it over 20 times, now you can retire early. So when you have a business that you are also a consumer in, we have to take note that we need to treat our capital, our goods, our services like it has a cost to it. Even like down here, like in Florida, in like the music scene that I'm in, there's a lot of DJs or artists and bands that will put on shows and a lot of their closest friends will say, hey, you're coming to my town? Is there a way that I can get a free ticket for from you for this event? And, you know, that's a little disrespectful, in my opinion, to that artist. Even like if you are an artist that you like to craft, okay? Maybe you crochet sweaters or you paint or something like that. It's me coming to you and saying, hey, that's a really cool painting. Do you think you could paint me something for free? No, because it takes time, energy, work, and effort to get this final product out to you. And if I'm just giving away my goods, my services, my products like that, I'm not going to make a very good living. I still got to put food in my belly, keep my electricity on, and feed my kitty cats every single night. So, 
the people just don't get, they just all want free, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. But in my opinion, when you do not put a price tag on something, you are not going to value that item. I have done so many webinars and, and courses for free. And when I say free, most of the time y'all show up, but when it's free, what y'all are doing is you're not paying attention. Hannah, this is just free. I got no skin in the game. I just want to unload my dishwasher, play with the baby while you're sitting in the background talking right now. So you gotta put a price and a cost to your time, your capital, your good, your product, because you gotta respect that product. If And I say this a lot too. If you respect that item, the money, the good, whatever it is, you will see that flow and grow to where that item, that dollar, whatever is respected at. So Nelson continues on to say, all right, well, here comes the complicated part. Please pay close attention. This point is critical and requires honesty. Out of which stores is she likely to take the groceries, the front or the back? And then he continues on. I've already asked y'all that question that when Nelson would teach this, most of the time people would say the, the back door. And this is a very polite description of theft. Probably more businesses have been destroyed or severely limited by this sort of behavior than anything else. It is a feeling among owners and those related to them that this is our business and we can do anything we want to do. Unless this misunderstanding is curbed, the business is doomed. So consider this. Over time, even if we own this grocery store, we got to have hired help in the grocery store too. So what if this hired help starts to see your spouse walking out the back door? What do you think the hired help is going to do now? They're probably going to start walking out the back door. And your profit and loss statements, your balance sheets for the business, they're going to be a little wonky. So if you compare like a grocery store on Main Street and a grocery store on 3rd Street, one is walking out the back door, one is walking out the front door. Which one of these businesses are operating better? Hmm, probably the front door business. Because in the end, it's all going to come back to us anyways. So respect your dollar, your good, and your service. So now here's a question. If we're walking out the back door, who do you think is paying for that theft of us walking out the back door? It's your customers. It's your customers and the consumers that are coming into that grocery store. Do you think now that you're probably going to have to raise prices on the can of peas that you have sitting there on the shelf because your spouse is walking out the back door and you got to make sure you make the profits and the margins just to break even? Mm-hmm, absolutely, yes, that's what's going to happen. So now your customers and your consumers are going to be paying higher prices. So hey, why should I sit here with you at your grocery store, Hannah? Instead, I'll just go down to the Winn-Dixie down the street and over there the prices are cheaper. So I'm just going to take my business and go over there. So now you're going to start losing your captive customers and your captive audience. So theft is 
devastating. Just consider if you steal one of the cans of peas, well, now you got to sell 20 of them just to make up for that lost item. So anybody, anybody in any business, theft is just not great and that business is going to be doomed. And when you take it to us talking about the banking business in our life, all right, just like how Nelson says, business number one supports the income. Business number two is the one that finances and and um, supports all of the livelihood, the expenses in our life, the banking business in our life, the financing business. Sorry, financing was the word I was trying to think of. Now, Nelson continues on to say that by now you should have realized that if you change these captive customers to wholesale prices, you have defeated the purpose of the business. The purpose of the business is to provide the income for you and to build a business that you will eventually sell and use the proceeds for retirement income. And if you start charging them those retail prices, you're going in the right direction. So I like that he uses that example of the grocery store because it is a good example because it does follow into the lines that yes, I got to make profits from my grocery business, but then I also got to play that honest banker business number two, the business that finances the things in my life. And I got to play that honest banker with myself. So don't just keep walking out the back doors. If you understand the grocery store, the rest of learning how to become your own banker is a piece of cake. So again, all of the principles and habits walking into this, we got to have that solid mindset and foundation there. Even if we just like in our financial life, if we go and we pay off something, we pay off some debt, what do we normally do? We now just start to treat that free up of the monthly payments that we were sending to other people, we now just treat that like it's free money back to us. Or if you are running a business and you're just treating everything like it's just free to you and you start giving away things to your family members, your friends. Let's say you own a mechanic shop for cars and and now you're doing free oil changes for all your friends and all your family members. You're taking money out, out of your own pockets right now. The whole idea of us going out there and grinding away, putting the time, the sweat, the energy into us working and building that capital is so that then in the future, I can still retire and live these passive years of my life that I wouldn't have if I was just giving all this stuff away for free. So respect your dollar and play that honest banker with yourself. Because if you don't, somebody else is going to do it for you. What do you think's been going on all these years being consumers of the central banks? So I know y'all have heard my story. So my story, my family story, you know, dad getting out of almost a million dollars of debt. 
you know, how we've used the policies to buy my van. We bought houses. We bought airplanes. We give to charity from the policies. We donate to the foundations. We buy our investments. So anything and everything is what we're using the policy money for. But I also wanted to share with you just a few other testimonials of other people of how when they were to incorporate paying themselves back and paying themselves back with interest, they have just saw a drastic change in their financial life. So someone states, we bought a new 2023 Tesla Y today with our whole life policy and became our own banker for the first time. I'm going to start paying myself back at market interest rates and using the system. Pretty cool to actually walk out each step. You guys gave us great support to help me on the first transaction. No credit card check by the bank or lender. Who gets a loan you can name your own terms on? That was a question. Continued death benefit with the policy. Create a tax savings on the repayments. And flexibility for future use or hard money lending on investments. Those are just his five bullet points that he listed out there, which I think is so great. Man, you got this. I applaud you because you got this. And he's a member of the Money Multiplier. But when we just pay ourselves back, we are now taking the control and the ownership within our financial life. And this is where the freedom and the justice of the infinite banking concept come into play because we are now in the driver's seat. I am the one who's a consumer and also a seller in my own business. And that's the banking business. That's what we're talking about when using the policies. Here's another one. I have been listening to several advisors about infinite banking, and this is the first person that was able to turn the light bulb on in my head. Um, Someone says, awesome training. Thank you again for your life-saving messages and your continued passion. I'm doing my best to absorb your education and teach them to my four daughters. I cannot wait to meet you as you have many beautiful hearts and I had the pleasure to meet y'all at the PMC community in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Another one, you guys are doing beautiful things and providing great content. Can't wait to see the impact this has on my life. Um, I do have something that really resonates with me, Chris. When you say take action, I earn as I learn. All right, so that that was just a few of them, you know? Lastly, thank you so much for your patience with my learning curve. Sometimes when you are an analytical, it just takes longer to run through everything. (laughs) I get it, I get it, I got my mama. So um, I, I just love these stories because when you really start to change the mindset and put the plan into action, I'm telling y'all, this stuff is so freaking powerful. Why do you think my family has 32 policies within the Kessler family banking system? And we got close to probably putting in close to 5 million, 6 million of premium every single year inside of those policies. It's just because that I know when I'm in control of that business, I want to play that honest business and really treat this thing with respect, honesty, and integrity. So 
here's what I really want y'all to do, okay? Starting today, how to shift that mindset. Because again, you're thinking to yourself, well, Hannah, this is my money. Why do I have to pay myself back? Why do I have to pay myself back with interest? I mean, really, you don't. You don't have to pay yourself back. You don't have to pay yourself back with interest. Honestly, loans on the policy are not required to pay yourself back into. But if you do, those results are going to be astronomically different. And Nelson Nash does a good uh, showing us that in his book when he compares like the sisters, um, the two sisters, one has a CD account, the other one has the policy, or even like the, in the equipment financing examples, the differences of financing one truck for the business versus those four trucks and the differences of how we came out um, in the end at. So I want you to practice your gratitude, all right? Practice being grateful, practice that gratitude, and be thankful for where you're at right now. Even if your situation is total shit, it's okay. It's okay. You have the power to change that. And I believe in you. I know you can change it. Honestly, if my father can graduate from chiropractic college, you can understand and start being an honest banker in your lifetime. All right. Sorry, dad. I shouldn't have said that. Or I'll say this. If, if Hannah in her past lifetime, when Hannah was getting arrested, going to jail, hooting and hollering it up, and now I'm sitting here, about to put my down payment on a penthouse over there in Daytona Beach, Florida. You know, I would never imagine my life being here right now, but I had to get through the mud and the muck to get to this point of where I'm at. You know, you sometimes you got to have those tough lessons. Um, so I really want you to practice the gratitude for all the experiences that's gotten you to this point and be thankful for the people in your community that are pushing you in the right direction. Sometimes you do have to change your environment, I'll be honest with you. So really in, uh, internalize who you are spending your time with, taking the advice from as well. So we need to cultivate a growth mindset. All right, we kind of talked about that here today on today's episode. I want you to practice mindfulness and I want you to foster that positive relationship between you and your money. Money's not a bad thing. Money is not evil. It's not the root of evil. Yes, it can be if folks start to have that negative mindset around it. But in my opinion, it's a tool. It's just a tool and a resource to get us to where we want to get to. Don't, don't, don't forget about Parkinson's law. I think that's where folks start to go off the rails and, and getting negative or arrogant maybe when it comes to money. So, so really go back to Nelson Nash's laws and, and go deeper into those. You need to uh, adopt a self-care set rules and vitalize your success with yourself. Okay, because this is about you. Again, you are your number one asset in this life. Treat yourself that way. So put yourself first and really sit down and process and analyze the things that are going on. I believe in y'all, okay? I know, I know, I know. Things can be tough. Things can be hard. But I believe in you. And this is why it's so important and powerful to have that community behind you. I want you to even go back to one of my other episodes where I talk about money mindset. It's episode, episode 60, 60. 
And I go in and I really go through the motions of how to create that money mindset and getting into it. This right here is me just taking it a step deeper into practicing when it's we're talking about IBC, the infinite banking concept. But we're all walking down this wealth road with you together, okay? Just like how dad says, the wealth train is moving on down the track. It's going to keep moving on down the track whether you're at the station or not. So we're just walking down this road with you because this is this is what I love about what I do. I'm just telling y'all what I do in my own personal life every single day. Now, it does take discipline. It takes discipline to do this stuff. You got to stay disciplined with yourself, your money, and your habits. Don't start letting those five circles get out of whack. And you can do anything. I genuinely believe that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And I want you to, okay? So please take this time, whether it is the morning time, the evening time, and really sit down with yourself and your thoughts. And I want you to set those goals for yourself. Maybe not even tangible, tangible like um, goals that you can actually see, feel, and, and hold and touch. But, but the goals that are just maybe around like your mindset. Hey, my goal for myself is I'm going to sit down every single evening and I am going to just analyze what happened that day. You know, what can I journal out just to process and analyze what happened over the course of the day because sometimes when you just get tossed around thrown around from here to there and back there you know you get hung up in the hustle and bustle of the everyday living and so how I do this is is that you know I do take the time for myself I'll shut off my phone sometimes my folks are calling me they're texting me I won't answer for a little bit because you know why I'm my number one asset and I'm putting myself first so what I do is I will journal I'll journal for a little bit I will meditate I'll do some yoga I'll go ride my bike that's just the things that I like to do go work in the garden Garden, but maybe you like to go and attend boxing classes. Maybe you like to go take a nice nature walk or something like that. Go play basketball. I don't care what it is. Go take a nice drive. So whatever it is for you to really reset that mindfulness and get back to your levels of groundingness, you need to do it. And I think this is a daily, every single day practice. And I'm really going to talk deeper on this too in the next episode. I have a really great guest coming on. His name is Kelly Cardenas. If y'all know Kelly, he's an amazing, amazing gentleman. So stay tuned for that episode and I'll get even, even deeper into this. But this is all or nothing. You either are all into this or you're not into this. And I think that's true with the infinite banking concept as well. In all areas of life, it's it's not like you can just go find yourself a girlfriend and then say, okay, well, you know, some days I'm into it, some days I'm not into it. No, if a relationship is going to work out, you got to be all in or you're not in at all. So do that same practice and teachings with yourself, your mindset, your money, life, whatever it is. So I want y'all to do this too, okay? This evening, sit down and I, I don't want you to think about anything. 
I don't even want you to turn on music. And I just want you to sit there for five minutes. You can set a timer if you want, five to 10 minutes. And don't even think, just sit there and just breathe. I just want you to sit and just listen to your breath as you inhale and you exhale. Because when you just sit there and just totally turn off your mind, when you get out of that kind of state of mind that you're in, the answers become so crystal clear. I mean, haven't you guys done that before? Maybe you're working at your desk and you got a computer problem that's going on and you've been working at it for about an hour and a half and then you walk away and you come back the next day and you're like, oh, I know how to do this now. I know how to fix this issue that I have. So sometimes it just takes time to just sit there, process something so that then you can walk into it with that clarity uh, mindset. So put yourself first. All right, y'all, put yourself first. Treat yourself as your number one asset and play honest banker with yourself. When you borrow from yourself, you should be paying yourself back and paying yourself back with interest. Give yourself grace. I know things are going to come up. Maybe there's some days where I can't pay myself back. Maybe I got to lower premiums on my policy because something financial came up and I just don't have these dollars right now. So give yourself grace because the mindset, the habits, the behavior, your relationship around money, it this will totally change your financial life. Not just your life, your spouse's life, your children, your heirs, okay? Ooh, do you see how I said that one? Heirs. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. <laughs> but... I I believe in you. And if you need an accountability partner, I am here. I want to hold you accountable. So go out there and really start to better yourselves. I mean, what is what is this life if we're not working on ourselves and we're just getting thrown left and right and from hour to hour, day by day? I mean, you'll wake up one day and you're thinking to yourself, holy shit, I'm 76 years old. I'm sitting here in the same situation I found myself in 30 years ago. And what am I doing with my life? I think it should be an always evolving, ever growing change that's happening in our life, not just our financial life. So thank you y'all for tuning in to today's episode. Stay back because uh, next week we will get uh, deeper into this conversation with Kelly coming on and things like that. And honestly, y'all too, I I don't know if I talk about this a lot on this show, but I go out to women mastermind retreats a lot. I've really created a good relationship with a lot of the women that I've been meeting in my business and personal life. And we just work on ourselves, all right? Get around those like-minded individuals and you do not wanna be the smartest person in the room. I'm telling you right now, do not be the smartest person in the room. If you are, you need to go out and find yourself a new room. So if you're interested and want to come and join those masterminds and things that we're doing, holler at me. Um, I'm also thinking I even want to host my own mastermind here soon. Um, One is coming up in February of next year, February 2024. It's going to be held in Oceanside, like California. I want to say it's like near Carlsbad or something, but um reach out. It's always a pleasure. I love hearing people's stories, what they're doing, and 
just how I can help y'all. I don't know if y'all know this, but before I even went to college to pursue being, uh, get my CPA degree, I was actually thinking that I wanted to be a teacher for a long, long time. Okay, I wanna tell y'all this. There, okay, when I was younger, the teachers, before they changed to like the overhead projections and like everything was like through the electronics where you could just blast up and project the screen up there from the laptop computer. You know how they had like the overhead projections and it would like roll out on a big cart and then you'd put your laminate paper there and then you'd uh, show it up to the class and then uh, the teacher would, would write with their little expo marker on that laminate paper. Well, I remember that I was, um, it, it was the end of school and all of the teachers, I think I was in elementary school at the time, and all the teachers were getting the uh, projectors that could just hook up to their laptops directly and they didn't have to roll out the big carts. And so the teachers were giving away all of the material. Because, I mean, what are they going to do? They're just going to throw it away or, hey, some of you kids, you maybe want some of this material. And I did. I picked up a lot of the pages and I came back home. And upstairs in our Olathe house, Olathe, Kansas is where we were living at the time. Upstairs, mom had a desk and it was an old school desk. I don't know where she got it from. She probably told me, I kind of forgot. But but it's an old school desk. I want to say maybe it's like my great grandmother's. And one day, it was the last day of school, and I dragged my younger brother's butt up there. My younger brother is Zach. And I said, Zach, all right, we got all this new uh, material. We're going to play teacher right now. And I would literally make Zach's his butt in that desk. And I would hand him over the reading material, the math pages, whatever. And Zach would do all of the uh, uh, work for me. And then I would grade his work. <laughs> so I've always known that I wanted to be a teacher for a long, long time. I just never know really like in what field, you know, I love math, I love money and things like that. But even just disregarding math and money, there's just so many other avenues that we got to work on in our life that's not just the math and the money and the income. So hopefully this has lit up a few light bulbs or maybe lit up some fires underneath some of y'all's bums because hello this is a wake-up call for y'all if you have been pushing some things off for some time i think you need to start working on it now because you're going to feel so much better once you get those to-do lists done don't you just feel so much better with yourself so go out there, get it done, and you are great. So go out there and act accordingly to your greatness. Until next time, I'll catch y'all then. Bye now.